or it is truly trying to understand what that person is going through, maybe having yeah. empathy along the way, sure. and then sure. understanding where they're at, not where you want to take the conversation, but where they are at and where they are at in that conversation or where you think that they might want to go and asking those clarifying questions. They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menzoir. What's happening, babies? Welcome back to Thoughts That Rock, uh, your favorite podcast where we take uh, a look give a, a little bit of advice, two or three thoughts usually mm-hmm. uh, on um, some of the most interesting opportunities, pressing topics and challenges. We just look, we're just trying to help you. That's all we're doing. 30 minutes. That's it. You don't got 30 minutes, 30 minutes of your life to learn something. You know who else we're helping? Who? The United States minor outlying islands. <laughs> I don't know why, but somebody <laughs> downloaded an episode. Well, First off, where are the minor outlying islands? Uh, I think just below the major. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. What episode do you think they were listening to? Cryptocurrency? (laughs) (laughs) Doubtful. Uh, Yeah, I think it was how to learn... Brazilian jiu-jitsu in life. Yeah, that may have been right. it. Actually, now that <laughs> yes, I think about it, you're probably right. That's right. We were very lucky on uh, this topic as well, uh, which we selected with our friend Nick Glimstall. Mm-hmm. Um, we said, you know, let, let's come up with a topic that could be helpful both in business and personal. And uh, we basically came up with how to ask better questions. And uh, I hope you're listening. <laughs> get it? <laughs> I have to explain to the audience. <laughs> So, Nick, uh, you're going to be able to see if you take a peek in the show notes, um, go look at his bio. But he's basically a keynote speaker. He's what he calls himself a contact center strategist, a specialist. That's the area that he focuses on. But his his nighttime job, his love, his passion is with his podcast, which is Press One for Nick, which is a pretty Great big name. deal. It's in the usually the top two and a half percent of all podcasts around the world. Yep. It's got like 900,000 impressions, downloads. Um, and also he's a, an author of a book series, the uh, reasons not to focus on blank. You insert whatever the topic is. So we had a little bit of fun when we were talking to him about the, that book series, right? He had some really great thoughts all the way around on how to be a better listener. Um, we think you guys are absolutely going to love this. You got to check out this conversation we had with Nick Glimstall. Don't just hear it. There he is. Nick Glimstall is in the house. That's right. That's right. We've already what had two, is, three uh, minutes of a whole bunch of funny. You can't. You Before know, we turn the camera on. You can't come from Talladega Nights quotes to here and not snicker just a little bit, right? Right. Classic snicker. I thought you were coming yeah. with that we can't say, you can't spell Glimstall without a... <laughs> without a what? Without a G or an L. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know where that starts. I don't know. What's going on, my brother? It's been a while. Oh, it has been a while. It's too long. You're just out there shaking hands, kissing babies over there. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to rocking and rolling. Yeah. Well, it'd be weird if you were doing the rest, if you were shaking babies and touching hands. That would be That's... very, yeah. I wouldn't be here. I'd be on a different podcast. Well, I'd be in jail. Jim, Jim's already had a few restraining orders <laughs> against him kissing hands. One or two, one or two. 
So uh, we're pretty excited about this topic, as we were saying in the introduction. Again, just as we mentioned, you got to go and check out Nick's, yeah. um, you know, entire bio and what he's done. All that stuff we have, obviously, in the show notes. But man, this is great talking about how to ask better questions. And uh, you know, again, I, I'm just I'm excited that you're on here. I know that I was on your podcast. Uh, I was just saying before the show that we need to get Brant on there as well. Um, and you said what? I said if you want better I, ratings, right, right. <laughs> But because exactly you and I are both on there, we average out the That's show. Right. So I bring it down, down and, and I lift it up, up and it's an average exactly. show. That's right. But we're excited about this, man. And uh, as you know, our show is always focused on on how to make people's lives better. And so we picked this topic. And, you know, this is fantastic that you're spending a little bit of time with us. So first off, man, thanks a lot for being on the show. Yeah, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. I've listened to quite a few of them. I got them on my podcast. I'm subscribed. I'm one of them cool kids that... I'll bring the ratings up because I'm rating it on your side, but uh, looking forward to right. being on this side and looking forward our thir- to the conversation. Our 36th subscriber. Yes. Thank you <laughs> so much. Man. You were the one. For four years. We were stuck on 35 we're almost for at so 40. long. <laughs> yes, we're trying. You're like, Can thanks, you go get Mom. some friends? Most people have the four under 40 awards. We are going for four at 40. Yes. That's, <laughs> we'd be just happy with that. That's right. Nice lighting behind you, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Looks good. Hey, it's all you. It's all you, man. That's it. That's it. That's a little. Tell us joke. what is your first thought on how to ask better questions, man. The first thought is that if you're not curious when it comes to asking those questions, that's what it is. Is be curious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Tell what, me more. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> And now, ladies and gentlemen, the next part of the conversation. Uh-huh. So I think, you know, when it comes to being curious, it's, it's what, what, how do you ask those specific questions and how do you have a, that curious mindset if you're not actually truly understanding and want, wanting to learn more? Yeah. And, and the jokes aside of, of Brent telling me more, that's, that's hilarious, but is asking those specific questions and then being uh, curious about that process. If somebody is asking you about, something that they're passionate about and you're just like, oh, okay, hey, thanks. It's like going to a networking event and showing up and somebody's like, oh, and then here's what I did and here's about my life. And you're like, you're like taking a peek over the person's shoulder because you're like, I really want to talk to that person over there. And you're like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Hey, have a good life. <laughs> and uh, then you go to the next person. And yeah. what, what I think is important is that if the more productive that conversation is and the, is the more interesting that you're actually trying to have that conversation for both sides. So when the, when you're asking those specific questions and you're focusing on what you want to learn uh, and you have an agenda, then sometimes it's not going to go well. If you have a list of things that you want to focus on and you're not actually being curious about that and asking those additional questions behind it, I think yeah. if you think of uh, Chris Voss, he always asks talks that, for those who don't know, the International Hostage Negotiator, he always talks about the labeling. So what is, what is not being said? Well, it seems like, it sounds like, it feels like. So it seems like that, uh, it seems like that was really hard for you yeah. when you went through that cancer. It yeah. sounds like uh, that was a crazy experience when you got to ride around a NASCAR track or yeah. something like that. You're continuing that conversation and you're actually being curious of the things that maybe they're not even saying. Yeah. When yep. I was doing training with uh, with Stephen Covey, you know, the seven habits of highly effective people, that was one of the things. There was sort of a transition, and I use that terminology because our friend Ty Bennett says this all the time. It's 
more important to be interested than interesting. And so I, I think Covey took this whole mentality, and I, it's sort of like that. What I hear you saying is, so it's sort of a repeat back, and if they feel they need to sort of say the same thing again in a different way or just to make sure they feel completely seen and heard, then you can sort of move along the conversation. But in, in our world, it's just quick, quick, quick. I'm trying to solve a solution. Or like you said, I'm looking right past you to move on to the next one if there really isn't a lot of passion there. What were you going to say? I will just say, you know, one of our buddies, uh, Jim Trick, we who's been on uh, on mm-hmm. the show and, and um, talked about Brazilian jiu-jitsu and how to use it in life, but he is probably one of the most curious, genuinely curious people mm-hmm. that we know uh, to the point that it's a little uncomfortable um, being out in public <laughs> with him because he'll ask questions that you're like, you can't ask that to somebody you've never met before, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but he's genuinely curious and it always blows me away how vulnerable people, uh, vulnerable people will get with him or how open they are about mm-hmm. something that, you know, for most of us would be like a ha 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 little joke we're, we're having. And he's dead serious about mm-hmm. it. I mean, we joke all the time. He walks up to people in a bar and he's like, Hey, my name is Jim. Tell me your thoughts on Jesus. And yeah. he's like, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's, this is opening line and he's, he's not, he's not even, this has nothing to do about preaching at anybody. He just mm-hmm. genuinely is curious what their thoughts are. And he has, you know, what, what that has enabled him to do. And I think this is a byproduct of being curious, especially for people in our business of, of keynote speakers. Um, it gives you so many stories to mm-hmm. pull from because when you're curi- when you're genuinely curious, you hear the most amazing stories and those stories mm-hmm. can be put into your bank to be used at another time that just, you know, for us, we make a living on telling stories. So mm-hmm. it's, it's literally one of the best byproducts I think of being curious. Is there a, um, any tips or strategies you have when it comes it's I mean, listen, we can all say, oh, you know, pretend like you're paying attention or whatever that might be. But when you say be curious, is there something specific you think that um, might help somebody in that endeavor? So I would think that a lot of times in life right now, everybody is busy with some device. It's called this, uh, this smartphone here. <laughs> but if you just shut up a little bit, put your smartphone down, flip it over, put it in your pocket and give them eye contact. You are taking that to the next level. And you don't want to be the creepy guy that just stares at people for a minute straight without blinking. That's just not normal. But what you want to do is truly listen to them, pay attention and care. I think if you're the more that you're going to care, the more people are going to open up in that conversation. And maybe it's it. Maybe it is saying, hey, my name's Nick. You know, tell me what you think about Jesus, or it is truly trying to understand what that person is going through, maybe having empathy along the way, sure. and sure. then understanding where they're at, not where you want to take the conversation, but where they are at and where they are at in that conversation and where you think that they might want to go and asking those clarifying questions. Hmm. I think that actually leads into the second sort of piece of advice that you have perfectly. What, what is that second thought that rocks that you have today? Yeah, the second thought that rocks is don't just hear, but listen. And what I mean by that, Brandt, mm-hmm. is that you should listen and should go beyond hearing just the words that are spoken. Uh, there was a guy that I interviewed. Uh, his name is Julian Treasure. He's the top 10 TEDx speaker of all time. And I think mm. he's getting closer to the top five. And he's mm. kind of a big deal. But he talks about hearing is a capability and listening is a skill. 
Mm. And I was like, hearing is a capability. And, and I'm trying to process this real yeah. quick. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, uh-huh. uh, But hearing is a capability. Listening is a skill. Because you can, everybody can hear, but not everybody has the ability to listen. Mm. So I think that is critical. And sometimes what a lot of people do, and myself included, is I can talk to a hole in the wall as long as it will listen. But sometimes I really struggle at listening and yeah. Yeah. finishing that end, the end of that sentence. And so what he says when it talks is he's like creating that silence, taking that moment when you think that person is potentially done and you look at them and you take that additional breath. And once you take the breath, then you realize, oh, they are done. Or, hey, I'm so thankful I took that additional breath because I would have interrupted them for the 15th time. And I am super guilty about that. And so I'm, I'm telling myself that as much as I'm telling the audience. I think this is because, uh, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I think when I, I look at all the different types of communication, you know, you think about writing. We've all had specific training and education on writing all the way back from grammar school. Um, what about speaking? Even though we do this for a living, everybody's had to take speech classes, maybe in high school, certainly in college. Where are the listening classes? Like nobody mm-hmm. has taught this. And so you have to go outside into some other form of education, some conference. Again, we did this at uh, a lot of our training programs that we did at Hard Rock. Certainly I could go back to Covey again to say, seek first to understand, then be understood. Like listening and, and the skills that come with that. that. That's why improv actors are masters of that. Because out of anything else, listening is the one thing they have to practice over and over. And then you become highly super, you know, sensitive to it. They're very cognizant of it. There just really isn't a lot of training. And so I think when you have this, you throw it out there, don't just hear, but listen, you're right. It is not something that just comes natural for a lot of people. They've been used to filling up that that empty psychological air because, again, the fast-paced world says I must insert myself versus sit back, shut up, truly, truly listen to someone. And then, boy, you can have so many more productive conversations. Right. I mean, I just where where are the listening classes? I don't know. So I don't think there are listening. Yeah, I don't think there are listening classes. I think that there is the ability to uh, taking that that perspective that you have to listen. When I was a younger uh, person in in a professional career, I thought that the more that I talked, the more value that I was going to bring. Mm -hmm. And how naive was that? is yeah. that you just have to sometimes ask that right question and then just shut up and listen. Because the more that you're going to listen, the more you're actually going to learn a little bit. Uh, we have two ears and one mouth for one reason, uh, and that is so you can listen hopefully twice as much as you can speak. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, uh, you know, public speaking classes, I think my first public speaking or class that I ever took was uh, in eighth grade, super nervous, uh-huh. sweating through my through my shirt and I got up there I don't even remember the topic but I burped and farted at the same time <laughs> and it was the worst absolutely <laughs> experience that I could have ever gotten and I was like you know what how much worse is this and so then I was encouraging everybody else uh, because of like you know this is embarrassing and I am not ready for that so that's uh, how Jim starts every one of his talks every yeah, one of so them. now <laughs> we had to restart this podcast episode because I burped and farted at the same time Right, right. We call it barting. Yeah. <laughs> or furting. One of the two. Bart and furt. That should be the you name know, of our characters. Uh, so I have to say, man, you know, as you're talking, I think 
if I'm really sort of analyzing, I feel like technology has, has hurt us with this ability for, or, or this skill to learn this skill. You know, I think about spending so many years uh, early on where you'd have to stop and ask somebody for directions, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. Mm-mm. Not with a phone that you can just plug in and Google tells you where to go. Yeah. So to be able to like pull over, you roll your window down real fast. There's someone standing on the side of the street. You're like, hey, where is this place that I'm supposed to go to? You would never go, where is this place, and tune that person out. You are listening intently. Where is it? Is it the third street? Is it the second street? There's, there was such an intent behind what you were doing That's that it point. forced you to listen. And these days, there really isn't. We were laughing before with ChatGPT before we, we jumped on here. Again, the more that technology catches up and starts to point us in this direction, the less we have to listen. Why do I need to listen when I can just do this? And it's becoming a lost skill, right? And and that is one of the things that if you're not with any skill, if you're not doing it consistently, you're never going to get good at it. And so there are so few people who are, you know, say organically gifted. They just have this uh, ability to to be a great listener. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, very few. You're welcome. That that um, one out of three. Do, don't you feel that way? At least a little bit. That maybe technology is sort of kicked us in the junk when it comes to our ability to uh to stop and listen i think the junk kick is exactly what you uh said is 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 true i mean all all joking aside i think the instant gratification of the world today Mm. we're trying to find a way to get faster and drive efficiencies Mm. and when we have a uh, a list of if i go to a podcast episode and i have a list of 25 questions that i want to accomplish and i don't actually care about that individual and i'm not actually listening (laughs) then the, the episode's going to suck. So good luck when you show up on my podcast, Brent, because I'm just going to have 25 <laughs> questions. Uh, uh, I'm going to uh, throw you a rocket yeah, fire. Yeah, yes, yeah. But I always, yeah, like, I always right. like to throw in those crazy things just to see if they're listening a little bit. So it's like, and then... And that's you know, how I made a million dollars. That's right. Yes. And then that frog no poison then. sent me way over the edge. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny, uh, going back to ChatGPT for just a second... I think part of the, you know, listen, fastest growing app in history, right? It's, it is absolutely stunning how many people are, are using it. And I think to your point, Nick, um, it's the instant gratification. So for anyone who's not used ChatGPT, the difference between using Google to figure something out and using ChatGPT is Google still forces you to actually do a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. It's going to say, here are a bunch of areas that you can gain that knowledge from. Go ahead and pick the one that works for you. ChatGPT just gives it to you, right? It doesn't doesn't let you choose. It just sort of says, here it is. And so, I, I mean, it's kind of scary, but to your point, People want that instant gratification so much they don't even want to research for themselves. Mm-hmm. They just want to be told. And I believe that's why it's the fastest to whatever, 100 million users already. I mean, it's it's bonkers. Right before Buki Call. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Second. Buki Call is second from what I've seen in that's my right. apps. That is correct. And in my heart. Yes. And ours correct. too. Ours too. Would you like to invest? <laughs> <laughs> How much money do you have? <laughs> Please hang up and try to call again. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear you anymore. Uh, it's funny. When you first said be curious, this goes with the second one that you said, too. Uh, don't just hear, but listen. 
I don't know if you're a fan of Ted Lasso, but there's a great scene in there where he's playing darts. Yes. And he talks about the fact that all these people used to bully him. And he goes, you know, uh, and he references a Walt Whitman um, phrase, and I don't remember the exact phrase, but it was about being curious. He said, you know, just people just asked. If they were just a little bit curious about me, they'd realize that I actually have some strengths. And one of them is I played darts with my dad for X number of years. And, you know, and then he wins this game in front of the, the, the you know, I don't know. Are you a Ted Lasso fan? I know That's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, that, I, I've seen him and he keeps looking at the guy and then shooting the dart. And he's, and wherever like, he wants it to go. He's like barbecue sauce. Last one's perfect. I'm like, yeah, if you if people could be that more intentional about listening, one, we'd be in a much better place as a society. I think there'd be lots, you know, less issues and stress in the world. But even mm-hmm. just in one-on-one conversation, and I even remember, I've, I've used some of the exact same things that you're saying in, in having conversations with bussers, you know, working in a restaurant. Sometimes I could sit there and it would be easy as a manager to go, dude, go go take care of that table and then walk away. But instead of barking out orders, I knew that at this moment it would be much better. I'm going to be a little bit more patient, and I'm just going to ask a bunch of questions to sort of teach them how to fish. I'll sit there and go, what's wrong with this picture? What's wrong with that table? And and they have to say something. Why is that? Tell me another reason. How should that look? Can you do me a favor? Not only when you finish that, can you spread the word to everybody else? Now, all of a sudden, I've empowered this person to go and, and take care of the problem, the root cause, versus just going out there and making things happen. So, again, I think you're, you're on to it, and I know you're going to give us your third one here, but I think just being curious and truly having that intent to listen, boy, you're going to be in a much better place. What, what is, Nick, your third thought that rocks? Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. So my third thought that rocks is conversations are like a dance. What? So not like John Michael Montgomery. He says, life's a dance. You learn as you go. Sometimes you lead, sometimes follow. And I, you know, I, I'll sing it later uh, off recording, <laughs> nice. but, uh, you know, I think it's important to, to make it not necessarily a one-sided. There are certain people that tend to uh, overpower a conversation. If you just take it and you're not trying to understand uh, what the end goal is, they're just going to say, here's, you know, you think of the sales pitch of, you know, let's think of life insurance for, you know, they're, they're great people probably, but when it comes to sales, it's just painful uh, I had one guy show up when I was grabbing, grabbing lunch with him, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll grab." I was naive again, and I, I'll grab lunch with the life insurance guy. And he's like, "How how can I help you? How can I help you?" And he's asking me all these great questions, but I could feel it was just like this sliminess behind it. And finally, at the end of the dinner, I said, "Hey, how can I help you? Because I feel like there's you know there's a there's a, some trick. What's the trickery here?" And he pulls out 
a printed version of all my connections at LinkedIn and has them all highlighted of the ones he wants me to introduce him to. Wow. I was like, dude, I've known you for an hour and 15 minutes. Like, Got that's you. just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how good your open-ended questions are. <laughs> you are not going to do, I'm never going to introduce you. I said, because at the end of the day, if I don't trust you, I'm not, and I don't like you for that matter, I'm never going to do business with you. And so I think the more that you're actually paying attention, you're asking those open-ended questions and you're actively listening throughout that journey, uh, you're going to have a better experience. You know, there's uh, one other example I do have, speaking of dancing, um, I got to go to a gala uh, this weekend, and uh, it was a fundraiser for uh, the Dance Syndrome Association here in Ohio. And it was pretty cool because what they did was they got to teach a lot of these uh, uh, adults, uh, myself included, how to do like the salsa or the waltz, or, and it was a, uh-huh. uh, a teacher that showed up. And I'm looking next to me with me and my wife are learning this brand new dance I've never done before. And I know uh, there's some people on, in, uh, on the other end of this video that are amazing disco dancers. But uh, one of them, I think, was a waltz. And I'm looking at this guy next to me who's got this amazing uh, experience. It looks like he's been doing this for 20 years. And I'm looking at his feet. And my wife's looking at her feet. And all of a sudden, they switch spots with us. And so I'm dancing with his wife. And he's dancing with my wife. And it goes a lot smoother because we... We knew the, the, the music. And when you know the music and you're, you're being guided by that conversation, uh, then it's going to go a, a, a better experience. So that's kind of mine is, is conversations are like a dance. Mm. So if conversations are like a dance, what type of dance are you, Jim? Go. Uh, I would be uh, maybe a merengue. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a drink? I'm not even. I'm not even going to address. It. <laughs> he has no idea what the merengue is. He thinks it's like the pineapple on the head yeah. sort of a thing. Yeah. I know it's. I know it's like it's cartoons. That's exactly what he thinks it is. Nick, what is? What yeah, is I would say Bollywood. What is your dance? <laughs> mine's definitely not Bollywood. I'll, I'll say mine's disco. You know, you gotta you gotta have fun. Sometimes you're by yourself. Sometimes you're in a group. Uh, but either way, you're having a party. Mine's pasta doble. Mm. Mm. Is that like a pasta? No, it is the dance between the bullfighter and the bull is what the pasta doble is. It is. Have you ever seen like a real pasta doble? The woman Mm -hmm. is the cape. Yeah. And, and the, it's just, it's an incredible dance. If it's done well, it's an incredible dance. If it's done poorly, it's horrible. Who are you? Uh, uh, listen, class dancer, 1989. That's who I am. There you go. You were, you were doing beatbox. You were a boy dancer. I was a b-boy. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not mm. a boy dancer. <laughs> it sounds like I was in some freaking what the hell's going on. Sounds like you, you, you are a boy sounds dancer. Like he needs to get a life. <laughs> I'm like, what yeah. is happening right now? I was uh, in a boy band. B boy. He was in a boy band. Yes, that's a whole different. It episode. is. Yes, actually, we could fill that thing up with some stories. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I, I just. I, this is what I think, though. I think it's a great analogy, mm-hmm. and I think there. It, when you start thinking about the types of dances there are, I think it just leans in even more to this point of what you're making, Nick, which is sometimes you're leading and sometimes you're not right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're always trying to lead, nobody wants to dance with you. <laughs> I mean, that's just part of the whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I would think that's the case. I mean, Jim's normally, you know, not leading, but no. that's, that's fine. And, and he just steps on my toes and I carry him around like, you know, 
Listen, I Raggedy make no Ann. bones about it. I'm a pretty good follower. I just I'm waiting for somebody to lead me. <laughs> he wants to be nobody puts Jim feet. in the corner. That's <laughs> nobody right. puts Jim in the corner. I constantly try to hold him over my head, but yeah, <laughs> it's elbow injury from high school is like not... a dirty dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come running up to you. I come running up to you, and you just move out of the way. I had the time of my life. It's like right there. That's it. Dun, 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 oh my! Dun, dun, I don't know what, what do we do with my hands? Yeah, what, I don't know. what do we do? What, what do we hands? do with our hands? I feel <laughs> very uncomfortable. Not try to lift the, either one of us at this point. <laughs> yes. So obviously, this uh, th- episode's this... brought to you by Ozempic. <laughs> yes, um, Ozempic <laughs> to lose weight. <laughs> yes, Ugh, that's it. I'm good. We need to have a whole conversation about that. That's right. You're taking away from the diabetics, just so you know. Well, that's all I'm gonna say. Only for a couple of weeks until I lose some pounds, and then they can have so their you blood don't care sugar for back. a couple of weeks. I <laughs> that's get right. It. That's right. You know what? Cut off the sweets. So, uh, you know, I was even thinking when you first brought up this topic, um, I I honestly thought initially it was going to be more about interviewing because that's our background. My background for sure was all in business and running training at Hard Rock for two decades. That's what I taught was interviewing skills. And I would teach managers who, by the way, thought they were awesome at interviewing and they suck at interviewing. And it was mostly because of your point. They didn't know what questions to ask. I would sit there right beside somebody who said they were an expert or they've been doing this for 20, 30 years. And, oh, my gosh, mouth open, insert foot, things they weren't supposed to be asking. Even worse, they'd sit there and go, oh, yeah. Used to work at Bennigan's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But their mind, you can see, is like, I'm just trying to think about where do I go next? They certainly were not asking, like you said, open-ended or behavioral-based or even cultural-based questions. Because the whole goal is, especially if you're all about not just doing one interview, if you're going to do multiple to ask different questions in that first interview than the second one. And the more that you can get very granular and specific, you're going to learn about that person versus it just being broad. And then you wake up 60 days later after you've hired him and and go, oh, crap, I made a horrible mistake. So, you know, I'm hoping as people are listening, it's not just for that. It's not just business. But, yes, that would help out. But you're even talking about in life. If you just... You know, if you're curious, if you truly listen, and this last one, if you think about conversations being like a dance and, and maybe letting them lead from time to time, you're certainly going to find out a lot more about the person. If this is somebody you want to collaborate with, hang out with, marry, co-host with, whatever the case may be. I'm not dancing with you. No. Dance? <laughs> yes. You can dance if you want to. Oh, God. You can leave your co-host Don't behind. leave Brant behind. Yeah. No, no. Nick, never. if people want, as we know they do, they want to stay in touch with you, they want to learn more, maybe even a little bit more about your podcast, where where should we be directing people? Yeah, if they want to learn how to do the tangue, yes. then uh, you can go to LinkedIn, uh, search my name. You can find my name in the show notes. Uh, find the podcast anywhere where podcasts are played. Uh, press one for Nick. Yep. Uh, you can go on YouTube, Google, I don't know, uh, go about anywhere. Ask ask Jim, ask Brent. Uh, That's it. Hey, this guy's a little weird, but I think he adds a little value. Where do I find him? Yes. Press one. Press one for Nick. That's it. Press, Press two, two for, for Jim. For Jim. <laughs> that would be cool. Would it be weird if I started a podcast that said press two for Jim? <laughs> it would be. Not. Be it, weird. Only it would be weird if you didn't invite me. I was like, oh, this guy's <laughs> taking my Yes. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is, uh, before we wrap up here, your book series is amazing. That you got to talk about. It. I know we talked about it right at the intro. Reasons not to focus on, you know, and then insert topic here. What was the impetus of that? 
So there's a lot of books out there, a lot of really good books out there. And from uh, for those who don't know, there's a really book, a uh, good book called Service That Rocks. Oh, you should really oh, check that out. That was not a yeah. setup. Oof. I just want, yeah. want you to know. Where are my tones? And now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> The Service That Rocks by Jim Knight. Press two. And so the books that I wrote, uh, or that didn't take me very long, it was reasons not to focus on the customer experience, the employee experience, the sales experience, you know, culture, uh, the journey mapping. And because at, at the end of the day, there was a lot of really good books out there. And I was like, I just don't want to write another book and have it be okay or have ChatGP write it. Right. Uh, and so what yeah. I did was uh, there was a lot of people that were like, you know what? I just want to get to the point. What are the three, four questions that I should be asking myself to challenge myself to improve myself throughout this journey and, around these specific topics? And so I took every one of those topics, created chapters, and then every chapter had in, having three or four questions. And there were some good, good quotes along the way, some good, good testimonies uh, as well. But uh, at the end of the day, it's the rest of the book is a functional notebook uh, because most of the books are empty because I want you to go out and fill the books with, yeah. with the knowledge that you have. And then I also want them to bring them into a meeting. And so if uh, Jim looks over, and he's like, what are the reasons why you shouldn't focus on the sales experience? And you're like, well, there, Jim, there's no reasons why you shouldn't focus on the sales experience, but here's the reasons why you should. Yeah. 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 I love it. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Put all the work on the back of the customer. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The reader. That's how I'm like, more of these. You can probably write 20 different books like that. No kidding. I can. Yeah. You got any ideas? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. So, man, we're we're so thankful that you spent a little time with us. Uh, I know your mission is to have fun serving other people and just uh, taking a moment to give people a little bit of insight on how they can get better in life or even business. Dude, that rocks. So we're really appreciative of you. I appreciate your guys' time. You guys also rock. I'm looking forward to these uh, future uh, salsa uh, amazing bowl yes. fighting uh, dances and yes. uh, appreciate the opportunity guys it's been a blast awesome. same here buddy we'll talk to you soon take care pal rock right. on hey rock stars thanks so much for tuning in yeah and listen we know how busy you are and grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Das That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested in having Brant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock on! Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living.